There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy. From the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome to The Woke Man series, ladies and gentlemen. The greatest case study on man. Here we are talking about the conscious journey of man and what it looked like to go from unwoke to woke. This is just a reminder to you all. It's not a destination. It's a journey. We're still on the path. We haven't made it. And we're just sharing those stories of the guys on where exactly they are on this path. So I'm here with my brother, Finn. Finn, welcome to the series, bro. How are you? All good, man. Thanks. So good to be here. Thank you very much for... um joining me man and, and I'm, I'm a bit late i was just running over with my last episode was with nick perry and man he, i call him warren i've changed his name from nick to warren because he loves going down rabbit holes <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah you know like it's awesome man i just let it go and what needs to be said this needs to be said so yeah there is no time limit on here and you can go as quick and as long as you want brother all right sweet man so, first question in the quick fire, where did you grow up and where do you live now? Obviously, there's an accent there, so this would be interesting. Yeah, uh, so I grew up in rural Ireland, so a little place called County Monaghan, um, and I basically grew up in, on a farm um, back home there, and mm. I moved to Australia in 2011, Yeah, uh, so kind of spent a first year traveling around the whole of Australia with my partner, and then when we came to Paris. Um, just fell in love with it. So, Back been awesome. here since. Wicked, bro. And what are you doing for a living at the moment? I'm a moving and lifestyle coach. Um, so, I work with people to like get them back into their bodies, connecting mm. with the hearts, and just really stepping into that best version of themselves through mm. movement, breath work, um, awesome. self inquiry. Yeah, it's pretty good. Self inquiry is a big one. And you're doing a bit of men's mm. work as well, hey? Yeah, like I just uh, started off um, doing some more men's work now, like with uh, online courses. Um, and do a lot of one-on-one coaching with both men uh, and women. Fuck yeah, that's awesome, brother. I love it. So tell me about your skills. What's one thing you're really good at? I've got a really good bullshit detector for people. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. that's awesome. So 
like I'm a very approachable. I'm like a really good listener. So like people feel really safe to actually like drop drop their barriers mm. and allow themselves to be fully fully open. And like as they're allowing, as I'm allowing them to like really drop in and hold that space for them, like that's where I can like gently pull them up with their shit more. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think that's probably one of the biggest ones. That's the fucking skill of a coach right there, bro. It's funny mm. because um, a lot of uh, the, the coaches that I have interviewed are all have actually all said I'm pretty sure that they're good listeners. Yeah, Obviously. like and that was one of that was one of the things that kind of made me really want to travel. Um, like when I came out of uni, like I was studied sports and exercise rehab, so I was working as a sports physio, and like as a 21 year old living in Ireland, like enjoyed and partying, enjoyed all of that fun life. Um, but like when I was working on a table with clients, like people just opened up and people just mm. cracked open to me. Um, and like that was just in the middle of when the recession kicked off back there. So there was a lot of tough times and a lot of people were suffering with mental health issues and stuff. Um, and like while I was like really young, really new into that whole sphere, like I was able to really allow people to open up and kind of go a lot deeper. Like they were just coming in with injuries, yeah. but they were like, they were opening like fucking dudes crying on the table and stuff like that, sharing and being really super vulnerable. But for myself, I knew it was like, I personally feel like I need to have more life experience to be able to hold more space and be able to go deeper with people. So that was where uh, probably at first, at first knew I wanted to kind of dig deeper into it rather than just working in the musculoskeletal field. Wow, that's interesting, man. It's like you almost you, you paid attention to, you know, something that was coming towards you and going, hang on, I could be really good at this or I've got a skill in this. I want to just dive a bit deeper mm. into that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, question four, what's your biggest fear, brother? This will be interesting. Oh, fuck. Biggest fear. I'm not living up to my full potential. Mm, yeah, man. Yeah. And, and, and then what is that at its core? Like, is that, what's, what do you feel like it stops that or could prevent that? Um, probably like the biggest things, like I've been on a massive journey of self-discovery over the last 10 years. And like, that's like the biggest blocks I've always had was my own self-worth. And like my own limited beliefs of not being good enough. And like I was always reflecting to me, there's like, fuck, you're really awesome at what you do. You look know all of this stuff. And I could hear that a hundred times, but I would never believe it in myself. Mm-hmm. And like I would always get really frustrated in myself because I knew there was so much more that I could do, but I didn't believe in myself enough yeah. to actually step out and do it. Yeah. Um, but like over the last year and a half, I've really fucking dug deep into that and like smashed that out. So like now this is me where I've like cracked open and can mm. see the potential that's there and I'm fucking doing what I what I know I can do and it's mm. been so like that is the biggest thing is getting caught back in that old limit and belief that hold that keeps me small and keeps me afraid. But like it's like yeah. It it catches you man. Like it's like you gotta get out of your own way, hey. And and that's yeah. just that's awesome because it's like I see you on your journey and you know I think Tim Morrison does this really good as well is it's like Dude, we still got. We still like putting our hands up, going. We're still in the thick of it, and oh. we can still get in our own way. But you know, yeah. it's the tools that you have now to go. Oh, mm. that's a limiting belief. Oh, I know yeah. how to sort of push through that. I know that I got to yeah. get out of that, right? Yeah, and this is the last two months has been fucking massive in this. Really, like as soon as that, as soon as everything kicked off, like with um, like with COVID and everything kind of started shifting. Like I knew that I, I just had this massive like, boom, I need to like shift what I'm doing in the business and really step up into what it is that I mm. want to create with myself. Fuck yeah. Um, so like in the space of 
a month. I've, when it all just hit off, I'd done the things that I've been wanting to do for the last four years within the business. I just like, right, this has to happen. This is doing it. I'm actually taking this action. So you leaned in. And, hmm, I like I leaned in and bust the fuck through. <laughs> and like, it was like once that all kind of came, like I was like literally like smashed it out for like, I think it was like five and a half weeks. I didn't have a day off. Just, just in this creation frenzy. It was just fucking bliss. Like it was absolutely fucking amazing. Fucking manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> classic human design yeah. manifesto and like, that's it was, awesome yeah it was amazing but then like over the last kind of two weeks there like the last two and a half weeks like it got into this space of like it was like stuff started settling down i allowed myself to start slowing down having a few days off and like you could start seeing all of this old pattern starting to shift up it was like because it literally broke through this mm. old this old ceiling that I had for myself, I broke through and I was looking down and I was like, fuck yeah, I've, I'm doing this. But then this old patterns of beliefs started creeping in. I was like, oh, can you really do this? Can Ooh. you really? I like started chipping away, but the last two weeks I've just been like super gentle on myself, just observing it, using the tools, reaching out for help, having lots of conversations. And it's been really fucking interesting watching it yeah. unfold and watching how I show up differently compared to old me would have just dropped straight back down yeah it's like, oh, I'm not. yeah so it's really cool oh totally man respect that um my my battery's about to just um die i'm gonna reach out for the charger two six tell the charger darling Tenemikasi. sweet so next question what's your favorite quote bro um it is the Carl Jung quote of like a tree's leaves can't touch heaven unless its roots can touch hell. So let's go on to embracing the, the light and the darkness within self. Mm, so say that again. Leaves can't touch. It's, it's oh, like it's, I'm going to paraphrase it a little here, um, but it's like a tree can't like touch the heavens unless its roots can touch hell. Ah, so, yes. Like, you need to embrace both levels of the light and dark within yes. self. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, and, that's the sh- and that's Carl Jung's theory on the shadow and the and the persona, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, and that's been the biggest thing for myself. Like, I spent like probably about seven years of my journey as such, like chasing this spirituality side of things and going after the white light and reading the power <laughs> oh, of God. Yeah. It's like, oh, just law of attraction, everything's going to come. But like, I knew there was all of this shit there that I didn't want to face up to. Mm-hmm. But it's only in the last few years that I've just like fucking dived deep into the darkness and dived yeah. into the shadow work. And that's where you, like, that's where the magic happens is by mm-hmm. embracing that dark and going to them steps with. Man. Like, you, you witness that in, brave, in the brave, like, it's fucking, mm-hmm. that's where the power oh. lies. It's, it's, and I, I was exactly that too, um, with a, it's like, oh, I'm going spiritual community. I'm going, and I went and I moved from Perth to Abud, you know, the spiritual center of Bali. And I'm just seeing all these people bypassing. And, and you know what, what I see in others, I see in myself and I realize, fuck, I've been bypassing the whole time here. I'm like, I'm going to see my people. And then I'm trying to just see the light and do all the, all the different spiritual healing Mm. things to just go ascend and, and unground myself. Um, yeah, and for those people who don't really understand what we're saying, is it's okay. You, you you will probably see it at one point in your journey where you just yeah. you see something so good, you go after it, and you think it's a savior. But if you go so far to the light, as what Finn's saying, you leave behind you those deeper, darker aspects that you're trying to hide with the light. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. That, and that's that... it. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, like and it's it's like we chase after so much of that, like that light and love, and bringing that like that's beautiful to embrace that light and love. But 
you also need to ground yourself in and actually go through the depths of the darkness and look at the shit that's come up and looking at them dark times within self because that's where so much of that power and healing actually occurs when we allow ourselves to go into that forgiveness of ourselves within that. So it's like it's allowing yourself to go both. Beautiful, bro. Beautiful. I feel that, man. Um, what's your favorite? What's oh, sorry? What's a conscious man to you? Um, a conscious man to me is someone who is they're doing the work. They're constantly checking in on themselves. They're being fucking super mm. honest with with themselves mm. and like respecting themselves, like showing that respect and love for themselves in everything yeah. that they do. Mm, I feel that man self love just it mm. man, it's like accept, self accepted say mm. yeah, to yeah. That up. like the biggest thing is it's just it's like cultivating that relationship with self like mm. a lot of times people again they go in that bypassing aspect of trying to deepen a relationship and connection with everything outside of them but like whereas like you start back in self and like really look after and connect and find that love for you and once you mm. have that love for you you can do fucking anything mm-hmm. yeah I feel that. Uh, what's mm. one thing that challenges you right now? Um, one thing that challenges me is finding that whole balance with work, personal life, family life. And yeah, just that whole, like I've got two young daughters and an amazing wife while being like self-employed and working from home and doing lots of things. Just trying to spread myself it to make sure I'm hitting all of the things that I want to be hitting to mm. find, find that find that Finding balance, the balance yeah yeah I feel you man I, I, and kudos to you man and, and, and young parents well just parents fucking mm. with young children oh and doing what you're doing man that you know that's yeah. it's next level it's, it's admirable yeah. I'm sitting here I'm in it. Bali with no kids and fucking living the you dream mate. oh that's, <laughs> <a dog. laughs> hey, that's taught me so much about fucking like yeah. it's given me so much respect for parents mm. totally but and, it is it, yeah sorry like it is one of them things with it as well as myself and my wife like we joke a lot around it it's as you're as you're a conscious man, as you're a conscious individual, like you're doing this work on yourself, you're questioning everything that comes up. Like when you bring that awareness into your parenting, it just goes 10 times deeper because yeah. they are basically there or like I, they have been my greatest teacher. Honestly. Oh, they, will always, they will always be my greatest teacher because they are an absolute like mirror of you and they will reflect back everything that is within inside of you. Wow. So if there's times where you're getting frustrated with what something's going on, it's like it's like stopping yourself and saying like, right, why am I actually getting frustrated? There, this beautiful little soul that is just here with no condition, no anything, and it's like, mm-hmm. what is it with inside me that is causing this frustration to build up? And what can I do to help myself move forward and how to mm. deepen that relationship? So yeah, so like it's having so working on that side of things, like it's it's a lot of work. But it's it's so fucking worth it because you can just see that beauty coming out through them. Totally, that's such a good point because you like the kids aren't like my children aren't deliberately doing this to me, no. and so sometimes we're like, what? Like when we're blaming or frustrated or angry at at something, it's always like, why are you doing this to me? But you're you're mm. just basically saying, all right, well they don't mean this, so why mm. is what is this showing me? And that's that mm. self inquiry that you talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. So and that's sweet. the biggest thing with them as well. Like they're just such a clear vessel. So mm. it's like if if there's something going on within them, if their energy is heightened, if they're being a bit, if they're like out of whack a little bit, is like 
more than likely is they're picking up in your shit. Yeah, they're picking well, up on something with inside me or something with inside my wife. Well, That's like that we haven't dealt with, and they're just projecting it back at us. Well, what a gift! Like, eh? and I guess like as you catch that, you're like, oh fuck, right? What's this? Where? What? How can I work through this? What can we do to talk this through? And just being mm. super respectful and mindful of that. Mm. And like it's like the more we connect with ourselves and do the things for ourselves, then you see that being reflected back in in us through them. Yeah. Wow, that's powerful, bro. So mm. that sort of takes me into the next question. What's unconditional love mean to you? Unconditional love. It is embracing every single aspect of self and oneself in that dynamic. So it's having that unconditional love for yourself first that allows you to see and receive that unconditional love from those around you. Wow. So it's like um, just like completely accepting yourself and others right mm. yeah again like it's so much of my journey has been connecting and allowing myself to be seen be heard be felt mm. and see all of that and the more i do that the more i am needed net with that love all around me yeah wow that's amazing uh last question for the quick fire round do you believe in a greater power and what is that to you um a greater power yeah there's lots of uh like there definitely is with, oh, how do we even articulate that? These mm. questions are fucking potent. <laughs> ah, yeah, there definitely is a greater power um, mm. in the universe. If it's God, higher self, whatever it might be for, for each individual with that, it's when we allow ourselves to slow down, you can see it all around us in nature. It's like, and having that, seeing that flow in nature and seeing that natural laws that, Whole roll out in nature that just shows you and is that proof for us how there is that higher power above each and every one of our beings mm. hmm. Mm-hmm. i love that man all right mm-hmm. so we're going into the main questions this is where we get real and raw and look at your conscious journey first question is what did your life look like as unwoke and what does it look like now in comparison mm. um yeah so like as i mentioned earlier like grew up in in a small country village, kind of like out in the middle of nowhere in Ireland. And it wasn't, I absolutely loved where I grew up. Um, I had, like I did have an amazing childhood and like so much opportunities came from a really good family. Like, like anything, there was stuff for us all to kind of work through and stuff. But like I had a lot of really good opportunities, but I knew for myself, um, I was always very, more of a sensitive kid. Growing up, I like and was very, very quiet and always kind of reserved in myself and allowed like to keep to myself a lot, and mm-hmm. and which was probably the polar opposite to my two older brothers. And two of them were a lot more outspoken, loud, like that kind of like more alpha male sort of character, whereas I was a very soft, quiet, reserved, and um, and that kind of led me down a path of kind of just being in the shadows a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't want, I didn't really, I kind of just kept myself small or just always kept to myself, whereas they were the center of attention and everything. Um, and then as soon as like we started kind of turning like 15, 14, 15, 16, like they were going out, that everyone was big, big drinkers pretty early and um, growing up. And um, I was allowed to start going out with my brothers about two years before any of my friends were. Um, so I started drinking when I was about probably 15. Mm. Um, and I realized when I started drinking that that allowed me to put on a mask 
of being outspoken, being loud, being fun, being all of these other things. And that kind of gave me a lot of kind of insecurities around when it was when it was sober. I was like, I was, I've always felt it's like, oh, I can't be, I can't go up and talk to people. I, can't, I don't have all of these this stuff. Whereas when I'm when I'm under the influence. I'm able to express myself a lot, a lot more fuller yeah. because it was very in the head. Um, so then that gave me like a very unhealthy attachment to alcohol. And then as the years progressed, then that led on to like drugs and stuff like that as well. Um, and that was a big thing for myself with it. Um, I used a lot of alcohol to kind of mask a lot of my internal stuff that I was going through. Yeah, okay. Um, because I just didn't know how, I didn't know any better. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it wasn't until like I left uh, my hometown and like moved away to go to college that I actually started finding myself. Like, and yeah. I met like in a minute, like I went somewhere where like absolutely no one knew me, no one knew my family, no one knew any of that stuff. And I was allowed to be myself and like I nearly reinvented myself. And it's like, actually, this is who I am. This is who mm-hmm. I want to be. Like, I started to have like, proper like deep connections with some of these amazing people wow. i'm still really good friends with now um, and that was the kind of starting to shift myself it's like it's actually okay to be you mm. whereas before like where i grew up i never thought it was mm. because it was so different to a lot of people around um, mm. and then that kind of brings me on like when i left college um, i was always planning to come to australia and about two months after i graduated i met my now wife and she wasn't ready to travel, so that kind of puts the stall on things for me. And so we stayed in Ireland for about two years before we went traveling. And like she was just the biggest catalyst for me completely in my kind of awokenness. And um, mm. she started, she was always into her angel card. She was into a, a lot of kind of like just, she'd done a lot of work with the angels, a lot of connection with crystals, doing a lot of that sort of stuff. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> at that stage like i'd started like i went to the library got a book about uh, buddhism and started reading a bit of stuff about buddhism and kind of wow. looking into things like that and that started getting kind of taken over and then yeah like i just had a, an amazing experience with her where like i went to one of her guides for a reading and it literally just cracked my fucking open um, and like after that experience i was just like oh fuck there actually is a lot more to this than what I thought. I was kind of just kind of like, yeah, you do your thing. You yeah. talk to the I'm kind of like happy kind of doing this, but all of yeah. you there was more. But since I had that first experience, it was just like, okay, I need to pursue this and figure this out. Yeah. So again, that was another big, big drive for us when we went traveling. Um, yeah. So like when we went to, yeah. Yeah. So Sorry. you went from like, you went from basically unaware um, you know, using a lot of alcohol, drugs, you know, to, to, mm. to just a deal with life because that was the tool that you knew well. Yeah. And yeah. now it's like, oh, well, there's so much more out there. There's like, there's a lot of exploration towards different things, a lot of openness and a lot more self-inquiry. Yeah. And that was it. Like, it was more so as like, because, in, because the information wasn't readily available, like you knew what was in your bubble. Yeah. Like, if you didn't have, like, social media posts and all of this stuff, there wasn't everything there at your fingertips so much. Like, I fucking remember, like, dial-up internet and all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. It was, like, it's, like, it wasn't as readily available. So, like, I just started reading books, just started seeing this year. You could actually see, it's, like, there actually is a lot more available to us once we start looking outside of our closed-minded, like, Catholic upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as we started expanding from there, I was like, oh, actually, I want to start learning about this, learning about this. And like, that's yeah. that, like, for myself, like, I'm 
I very much like to kind of like follow my gut and follow lots of little things rather than just getting tunnel vision on one. I was like, all right, what's the actual principles and philosophy behind this? But what's it about this? What's it about this? Yeah. And how do they all, how do they all seem really similar with it yeah. and match up rather than just getting like, right, this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to fix it on that. Yeah, fucking oath, man. That's cool. Yeah. So, so in that just... period, so you talked about alcohol and drugs. Was that your biggest vice through that period? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. And like it's something that I can, like we've been talking about it quite a bit over the last um, the last couple of weeks, like with myself and um, Shona, like as I was kind of going through a lot of my process, processing and old belief patterns and stuff that was coming up over the last few weeks, like I've been reflecting back on a lot of stuff from that mm-hmm. time. And like when it was kind of just in that kind of like awakening phase, but I still didn't have clue what was happening. Like mm-hmm. I remember so clearly so many of these times were, like it was in these like like one of my things whenever I was used to drink like I'd just drink and I'd have these complete blackouts. Shit. Like I can like it wouldn't be like for I go I had never I would always be like a super sensible drunk but like I'd literally just blackout. Mm. Like there'd be a certain point in the night I'd blackout and wouldn't remember anything. Wake up in the morning like don't know what the fuck I'm done. Yeah. And like fuck. but it was always like talking then you talk to mates and stuff like that and you're like oh I didn't even think you were that drunk. Hmm. But like that mm. was my way of just kind of dealing with shit. But like mm. there was so much of that was like as I was kind of as I think back into that time, as I connect back, like I had so much connections to. I was just afraid of afraid of the power that I had within myself, and I didn't know how to connect with that. So I just pushed it away and yeah. and hit it down. Yeah. And um, and yeah. yeah, like it was. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty interesting time, and like in over the last year, like there's lots of stuff that's come up with that. Like I done some plant medicine in the middle of last year, and one of the yeah. things that came up was how I used to use alcohol around the same times, like when I was like purging outside. And um, on the second night, like it was just in this horrible, horrible space of being buckled over, and I literally just had this flash of hundreds of times where it was like that from mm. from booze and from, from drugs and it was like oh, this is why i'm doing this this is yeah. why i used to do that because i wasn't willing to see what was in myself so like i used to hide it down yeah through booze true booze uh, because that was all i knew mm. i didn't have tools i didn't have people to kind of help me evolve and understand all the shit that was going on mm. and i mean now you you are the tool for a lot of men that's awesome bro so mm. through that process what, what emotion challenged you most we talk about in well, I talk about in this series, like there's probably five dominant emotions that most men come across, and that's anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, and anger. I mean, was mm. which one of those challenged you most? Um, there was a lot of fear, and mm. probably like a lot of fear and anxiety. Yeah. Um, like just with a lot of stuff that was kind of coming up from myself, like. Because like within my family dynamic, like my two older brothers, um, they had a lot of suppressed anger. Um, and I guess one of the, again, it's one of the things like I'm still trying to work out. Like they had so much suppressed anger, so whenever they were drinking, like they were just known as like you don't mess with it, and because they'll just fucking fuck you up. And yeah. like it was like they were just renowned for that all the over. fighting. Mm. And like it was like it was one of the things like where we grew up, that was like every weekend we went out, it was just fights left, right, and center. Like I just remember just it was just a common thing. It was like, right, who's gonna be fighting tonight? And like I always stayed away from that because I you know, I was like, I don't wanna be in that space, I don't wanna do that. So there was always that brought up lots of kind of like fears and insecurities and stuff for myself. Because like 
was like, I'd have fucking hate all of that stuff. But then it was so close to my home where I could see my brothers were right in the thick of it every fucking weekend. Wow. Um, so that gave you um, a lot of fear because you were like, didn't want to get caught in the fight with them or like against them. Um, it was like in with them. Like I just, like I just knew it wasn't me. It wasn't who I was. Yeah. But like I still didn't know who it was. It was like I knew it was like all oh, this. like I fucking hate fighting. I never want to fight. I don't. I don't believe in it. It's just fucking bullshit. Mm. Like I was like been in like sucker punched at different times. I, like yeah. tooth knocked out in a fucking nightclub. Done like, all of this stuff. Like it wasn't until like I was twenty two actually signed up for a white collar boxing tournament because it was like. I want to actually see how it would go in a fight, but doing it in, in a controlled environment. How'd you go? Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, well, it was fun. It, it was the most epic experience doing that, yeah. but it was like that's really cool. But it was like I, I would never. I don't want to be in that space. I don't yeah. want to put myself in that space outside of that controlled yeah, environment. Yeah, wow, wow, wow. But it was like I just know, like it's just, like, it's not who I am. Like it's, I'm a lover, not a, not a fighter. Yeah, I feel you, bro. Um, you definitely are. Uh, but like I think it's like yeah like it's as we kind of grown up in that sense like I could see there was a lot lots of this suppressed anger and like they projected a lot through drugs yeah, and alcohol yeah. and then being the youngest like I always put on this mask and like I was always like the good boy I was always put lots of pressure on me to like kind of like yeah just be the good boy holding the peace within the family and holding that down so then that just put so much pressure on me. Like everyone else wanted me to do this, this, and this because there's so much potential that I could have done. Mm. I could have done. But like, I was like, oh, actually, like, like everyone was like, parents have said to me like for the last 15 years, like, oh, you should be a teacher. You should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I want yeah. to do me. Yeah. Um, Listening to you. Yeah. So it was always that fear of like people pleasing and all of that. Mm. It's like, I should do this because this is what people expect of me. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that was for, like where like it gave me a lot of anxiety and kind of like stepping into doing something for myself because like oh who are you to do this for yourself because yeah. all of these people think you should do this you should do this you're stepping out of the other people's shadows eh mm. so, so did you contribute like it sounds like you did but did you contribute those emotions to something in your past like it was a, a memory was it those those fights and stuff where anxiety and fear was sort of contributing or was it something else that came from earlier um again it was one of the biggest things with uh is like when i was sitting with um some plant medicine last year like i just on the second night it was probably the hardest night in my fucking life where i just Mm. had this cracked open had this like vision of like me being like a little kid and just absolutely bawling my eyes out crying wanting to be picked up um by my mother and it wasn't picked up by my mother it was just like in that moment i was like oh I'm not loved as who I am. And then that just, like, that just was what set me on this catapult. It was like, you're not good enough because she didn't love you the way that you wish to receive. And then, like, that was what catapulted me off. And, like, as I was saying earlier, but, like, when it was so many times when it was, like, like, when it was drinking, when it was, like, hiding down all, all my emotions, so much of that was because I just want to be held, wanted to be loved, but I didn't know how to receive that. So then I never felt it was good enough to actually receive this. So I had so much fear of, not being loved and not being mm. connected with because again a, a lot of that is like i didn't i i wasn't able to receive it the way i felt like i needed to receive it even though i received love in so many other ways like it's it wasn't how i how i needed to receive it yeah um and that was my biggest thing that like 
was causing so much of the self-worth issues and the lack of belief in himself, lack of confidence in himself, lots of his fears and anxieties of not being loved, not being seen, not being allowed to be yourself fully. Mm. And like, it was like, like having that realization last year, it was just like, fuck. And then yeah. since then, it's just been like peeling back the layers from that. Yeah. So it's like you're finding that, letting it go and finding forgiveness now, but it's like, it's a journey, mm. right? And I mean, this is, you've been on this path for quite a while now. Like how long have you been, you know, on this self-inquiry path, this path of consciousness? Um, probably about eight years. And so in the, the seventh year, you realized that you had a breakthrough. Yeah. 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 So that's just can... goes to show, man, we're, 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 it's not a destination. It's a journey, hey? Oh, fuck it. And I'm going to know I'm only scraping the surface of it now. <laughs> Fucking ain't that the truth. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Oh, it's awesome, though. I mean, that'll sort of tie back into a question I've got a bit later. But so what you said about your mum, this might answer this question, but whose love did you crave most growing up and, and who did you have to be to get it? Um, It was... Yeah, like it was, I always wanted to crave that love from mum, but I always wanted to, like it was with one of my brothers, I was, I had such a like fixation on like, he was just this fucking necker for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was just like, always wanted to be that because he's so different from me. And like, it was like, that was one of the big things that was just like, oh, fuck. Like I used to try to change myself so much because the two of us are literally polar opposites. Mm. But like I would always always try to change myself to get his respect and earn his respect and be his wow. friend, do all of this sort of stuff because I wasn't able to be myself. Yeah, okay. Shit, man. That's that's interesting. It's very interesting. Most of it's been uh parents, the responses to this question. Mm. So uh there's been three main responses. That's one themselves, the love of themselves, or the love of their mum and their dad, but have never it's the first one with the with the, with the sibling. Yeah. Yeah, really like it was, there was a lot of it was with him and then uh, I think a lot mm. of that undercurrent of wanting that, wanting to be seen from a mum for who I am, not for who I should be as well. Yeah. But like it was, very, that's very similar with both of them. I could never be myself. It was always, I have to like be this person to get that love. It was yeah. like, I always felt that there was conditions to it. Mm. Okay, I'll see that. Mm. Um Talk to me about the one of the lowest points in your life. Like if you can go back to one of those memories where you were, you know, at the lowest of lows and had suicide ever been a factor in, the, in that process? Um, like probably where like I've had the biggest turnaround in the journey was um, back, I'm going to say about three years ago. So it was, um, that was, it was basically when I, after I first started doing some work with Timmy. Mm. Um, so like I was in a point where like we we had like our first daughter, Bonnie, who she was about, I'm going to say, she was about six months at this stage, yeah. um, six months old. Um, we had made a decision because we wanted a parent how we wanted a parent. We made a decision that my wife wasn't going to go back to work. She was going to stay at home and be a, self, a stay-at-home mom, um, looking after Bonnie solely like, and working on that. So then I put myself in a position being self-employed where I put so much pressure on us financially to kind of hold our shit together while we're doing all of this stuff as well. Um, I was always knew that I wasn't, like, I, at that stage, I was working more in, like, the classical style of, like, physio. I wasn't doing much of this self-development work with clients. It was just more as, like, oh, I'll get you, I'll bring some movement in, do all of this movement side of stuff, which I love. But in, I always knew, always had so many conversations with her. as like, this isn't this. There's so much more to what I want to mm. do, but I don't know what it is. 
but this is what I'm really fucking good at. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't light me up. So like there's so many things where I was like had the financial pressure, learning to be a dad, finding that whole dynamic going down. Um, knowing that I wasn't doing the work that really lit my heart, but it, I wasn't able to shift that because mm-hmm. I had so much financial pressure on it. Like, so I couldn't reinvent what the business was. And then we got into this whole space of like, do we need to be back in Ireland with family or can we be in Perth without any family while having a having like our daughter? And then started doing some work with Timmy in his first ever um, first ever program. And that literally was the first time I experienced working with the darkness, working with the shadows. And it just cracked me open. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Mm. And that's like that year, just that just kind of led me down this path of like, really starting to look at a lot of this stuff that I had hid down and buried down deep, a lot of like fear, anger, guilt, shame, all of the, the traits that you were talking about. Whereas I was always in that ultra spiritual, like the manifest of white light, love, all of that sort of stuff. I was always focusing on that and positivity, go to think myself into this excellent space. But mm. while working with Tim, that just put us into that and just got me to see where I was at for the really honest for the first time. Um, so then within that, um, that got us, got, got me to a point where, um, we were decided we were going to move back home to Ireland. Um, my wife and daughter went back home to Ireland for a holiday. I couldn't go back and because I, I was like, we can't afford me going back. So like sending them back home to Ireland, me staying in Perth on my own, feeling like fucking shit, like sorry for myself because I couldn't do all of this stuff. Like everything just felt so on top, so on top of me. And like, it was just a really dark, heavy period for myself. Um, mm. And then a while after that, whenever they came back, then we got some really shit news um, about my little nephew was born with some severe brain, brain damage. Um, so then I had to like the next day jump on a plane and go back to Ireland. To, wow. um, like um, while we'd done that, so I had left Shona and Bonnie in Perth while I went back to Ireland for a few weeks. Um, and like when I came back from when I came back from Ireland to Perth, I was literally in this space of like I don't know what I'm doing. I literally can't keep doing what I want to do. Is like at that stage we felt like we were still going to move back home to Ireland in eight months, but I couldn't work for myself. I like I would literally, I I was really good at wearing masks. I was. Clients come in and fucking have an awesome session with the clients. As soon as the client would leave, I'd literally collapse in a heap on the floor, just fucking just being completely empty because I had just given myself to everything else without actually checking in with myself. Um, mm. And that went on for about a week or two of me just feeling like fucking shit and absolutely lost with myself. Um, and then like I decided that I was going to start working away up the north. Uh, like I got a job, like I just applied for a job to manage a gym in the mine sites because it's like, get up there like I don't have to think it's easy work it's less stress plus it's going to give me a chance to get our savings up to move back home to Ireland and like within three weeks I was working on a mine site working at two weeks on one week off Um, and it was that time was like after doing a few swings of that I actually realized that all of the other stuff I had just put so much pressure on myself so much pressure on my shoulders and like I wasn't actually giving anything to myself and I was running myself completely empty and it had basically lost who it was in the midst mm. of it all. Um, so by having that time up north, that allowed me to actually start doing work for myself and nourishing myself uh-huh. in a different way. And like it was, that was the massive turning point for me. Fuck. And like after, like after a few months of doing that, like we were like, why do we want to move home? Like that was like, that'd be the most ridiculous thing to move home. Like we've got such an amazing opportunity in Perth. 
Um, so yeah, we decided to stay in Perth. I just fucking spent 10 months up there just completely nourishing myself, doing so much yeah. fucking working myself while up there, as well as just enjoying as much time of the full time and actually being fully present with the girls when it was not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and that just kind of set me up to come back. Wow, man. Isn't that interesting? It's like all that shit that just piled up, actually, you know, that, that, that was, you know, set off the, the alarm. You're like, fuck, this is shit. You know, all the work that kept coming up and you end up realizing, oh, that time, that troubled time led you to go up north to actually work on yourself to that discovery. Mm. It's like it all actually, in hindsight, it's 2020, right? Yeah. You always go, yeah. fuck, it was perfect. Yeah, and that was the thing. Like it was like it was like, there was just so much pressure on me from so many different areas, but I was just too into it. Like I didn't even realize how stressed I was. I didn't realize that I'd been living with fucking anxiety and having panic attacks for the last year because I was really good at just kind of putting band aids on the thing. Mm-hmm. I was really good at just putting these band aids on. Just like, yeah, I'm good. We'll do this here. Keep it down, and literally just keep pushing everything down rather than letting everything come out. And it wasn't until I actually stepped away and had that space, mm. I felt like I could actually breathe for the first time. And it was like, oh, fuck. Mm. And then that allowed me, to, that literally just cracked everything open and allowed me to completely like revamp and step into fully embrace what it is that I want to do. Yeah. Like, and actually be who I want to be. Um, and it just brought me so much closer to my family. Brought yeah. me, like, just allowed me to have such a deeper connection with myself. And yeah. then I, that was what allowed me to change the direction of how how i'm working um, and yeah. from his from myself again mm-hmm. fuck that's amazing man and so yeah. like was was suicide did suicide ever cross your mind through your through your life in your journey for myself like when i was younger i think there might have been some fleeting thoughts in yeah. very drunk things but i never it was one of them ones like it might have, like it had popped up, but then was pushed away straight away. I was like, nah. Yeah. Like it was like I knew I wasn't happy with where I am. I knew there was like a fucking load of stuff that was going on, but it never once kind of was like consideration. Like yeah. it was like, oh, should it not? Nah. It was like I never gave it that time because, yeah. like, when I was going up in that time, like there was it was like back in Ireland, there was a few years where it was like fucking rampant um, for people my age in that area, and I saw the devastation on it head on everyone around them and like it was one of the things that was like I, I could never do that to the people around me so it mm. wasn't like it, I, could, I never gave it any time or thought or energy um, with that because I know I couldn't have done that mm. like it just it just wasn't an option and then like whenever all of this shit hit the fan like a few years ago it was never an option because of the girls it yeah, was just totally. like it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have even been a thought for the yeah. girls it was like Instead of doing that, I was like, right, what actually can I do yeah. to get to what I know we deserve as a family? Yeah, that's powerful, bro. I appreciate that, mm. that um, insight for your, your own journey, man. Um, mm. So talk to us about the, the moment of awakening. Was there a significant moment of awakening for you? Was it, was it that period of, I mean, yeah, what was that period in your life? When was it? Um, that period, that was about between... Does the last two to three years? Yeah, two or three years ago when I went through that whole stuff about um, like Bonnie would have been from she was about eight months till about one and a half, um, was when I was went through that real dark period and like and then that's when I was working away and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. Uh, and like when I came back from that, um, 
like I started just working. I just got a job in the city, kind of like managed gyms in the CBD just to be back in Perth because Shona was pregnant at that stage with her second, second daughter. And I was like, I'm just getting back. Like, um, so I just wanted to set myself up to get back into Perth and figure out what it is I want to do and how I want to actually happen. Mm. Um, and so I think um, that was probably one of the biggest ones. So I set, like when we came back, I started working in a corporate gym in the city. That was kind of soul sapping mm. um but it was it got me back to Perth to be with the girls um mm. and it wasn't until like last January I was still in that job while doing a bit of stuff for myself and um, starting my business up again for myself and I had asked the guys that I was working for if I could go down to part-time and they wouldn't let me go down to part-time um and I was just kind of sitting there I was like oh fuck what do I want to do I want to go part-time so I can actually step into like I'm at a point where I really want to go back into like doing my own thing the way I want to do it um and then in January uh we Shona Shona gave birth to her second daughter Brie and again up being like the most epic week long birth and like we end up like home birth like free birthing at home it was just me Shona and Bonnie like we're in the house the three of us together and and like Shona went through this amazing birth and like it was the next day like literally Brie was the day old and I was like what the fuck am I doing sitting working for these dickheads that won't let me do anything and like I'm afraid of stepping into my power and stepping into doing what I want to do but my wife was able to do that so I rang them up this like the day Brie was day old and just handed them a note and said like I'm not coming back to work and it, was, and it was just and they were like why you just had, had a baby it's like I just need to do what I need to do. Fuck, and I was just, so like that was a massive kind of one. And like at that stage, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I want to go back and just going to go three days a week for myself. I'm just going to get a part-time job just to kind of take a bit of that pressure off. And then end up working on a tree farm. One of, one of her friends have, has a tree farm. And I could spend three and a half months working outside in nature in a tree <laughs> form while working the rest of the week from myself and just that allowed it all that happened last year for getting back into complete body post what it is now fuck awesome man that so that was like a birth like did the is it was it what was it about the birth like was it life's much bigger than this shit mm, it yeah. was like you like it is like we can do so much more than we give ourselves credit for yeah like yeah. it's one of the biggest things is like we can do so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And yeah, it's like sure. it was always like we never had any fear about like like birth and at home and stuff like that. Like because we were like Shona was just she's just an absolute goddess. Yeah. With with that, like and just seeing her in her raw power, it was just like fuck. That gets cool. It's man. like it's like I who who am I to be playing small for that? Yeah. Like seeing we're in a fucking unlimited that. universe, so mm. hey. So it's just like tap in and just fucking have that belief in yourself. Like when you have that belief in yourself, anything's sort of possible. Yeah, amen, brother. So mm. you talked about plant medicine a few times. Was that a big? Was that one of your biggest healing tools on your journey, or was there something else? Um, that that was a massive one. Like, cause I've done like um, a few different courses with Timmy. Yeah. Um, like within like doing um, like doing a few of his like eight week long programs and stuff like that. That in itself was very transformational being able to go mm. to the depths of being supported in a brotherhood for like a period of like eight weeks going through fucking all them deep levels was massive um but then like outside of that i was always doing a lot of all those things for myself like looking going deeper but i always knew there was something that was blocking me but i couldn't mm. get to the bottom of it and when the opportunity came up to sit with Maya uh, last year um yeah, like I just knew I had a job, but I'd always said that I didn't want to do it in mm-hmm. Australia. 
Um, and literally it just kind of came to me one day. It's like, right, you need to do it. And like, I just put out a message and I was like, oh fuck, it's actually happening in two weeks time. So we didn't have an option. <laughs> and it was just like that, like I just need to jump into it. I didn't have any time thinking about it, just jump in and happen to it. And like that gave me that, that healing of where that, that core wound actually started from, from being uh, from a childhood. And I was like, that actually makes so much sense because I always knew I do all of this, all of work, but always knew there was something underlying there that I could never get to the bottom of. Mm-hmm. But she just guided me there to the worst night of my life to experience <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so for people who are listening now, I mean, this is twice now that plant medicine has been mentioned. So Aya is ayahuasca, which is a DMT. They call it the spirit, spirit molecule, which, you know, helps you know, can can actually has, has been shown to overcome a lot of heroin addictions and mm. um allow people to go into another level of consciousness a deep-seated consciousness that they're unable to tap into in a in um a normal state so it's like an altered state of consciousness where you reveal it reveals things to you in true form right it's yeah, powerful man sure. fucking powerful it's been a huge part of my journey too man yeah. um so Talk to me about as you change, how does your friend group change? You know, you went from like being a big, you know, al- relying on a lot of alcohol, partying, and then, you know, on the eight, you know, you even changed countries, bro. Mm. Like how, how yeah. has your, the style of friends changed through that? Has it? Um, yeah, like it's kind of, like it has definitely evolved. Like I'm still really close to a lot of my mates from back home. Mm-hmm. Um, like when it was like from my hometown itself, like there's only like a very small handful of, of mates. I've got like probably like three three mates that like I'm super fucking close with back home. And that was because, as I said at the start, like it was always very quiet and introverted. Like I wouldn't have lots of friends, but the friends I'd have would be fucking really close. Okay. And um, so like I still talk to them regularly, but like, like I love them the bits. We're all on our own path with it. But like, I know, like they think I'm like the hippie fucking over there doing whatever um but i could still have such a connection with them once then when we went traveling like it was always really interesting like when we spent the first year traveling around australia and like when we first came to perth i i'm happy being on my own a lot of the time mm-hmm. so i was always focused on it was like shona is like yeah she needs people so it's like yeah you get your people and stuff like that i'm just as long as you're happy i'm cruising like mm-hmm. so i didn't have a lot of close friends like a lot of close dudes in Perth for a long 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 time and it's only been in the last couple of years that like since doing more of the men's work and connecting in and starting to get really close with my brothers um like I see the actual the importance and the need for that and mm. um, so like and that's been something that I've been like really consciously intention intentionally mm-hmm. connecting with a lot more in the last two years especially it's just like deepening that relationship with, yeah. with brothers and giving myself that time and opportunity to do that. Wow, um, and like accepting them for where they're at. Has that been a big part of it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fucking earth. I feel you. Yeah. Man. That's awesome. Uh, so we've got, actually, we've only got two questions left. So it's, um, these are pretty good questions. We're on the app. What, what part of your conscious journey are you most uh, proud of, bro? Most grateful for? Um, how I show up for my girls. Mm. How, how it allows me to show up and sh- like just teaching my girls about the healthy masculine. Wow! So like you're like you're basically sharing. You're grateful that you had the lesson, so you could share it to your girls. Mm. Yeah, share. like it's one of the things. I know as we talked earlier, like it's like a parent passes down their unhealed traumas and wounds to their kids. Yeah. So as I'm doing this work, as I'm going through going through all of my stuff with all of this this is allowing me to heal a lot of that stuff so yeah. then 
like I'm not going to be passing it on. And it's like, you know what? Like, it's never going to be perfect with like that. Like, everyone's going to be on their own own journey. I know the girls are going to be on their own journey and stuff like that with it. But mm. if I like, I'm trying my best to like do all of the work on myself. So then I'm I'm not projecting stuff that's going to going to oh. dictate where they're at with it. Totally, man. Imagine oh. imagine your grandkids. You know the life that they're going to have. You know, the, it's just going to be the the trauma. And the ability to have to, the necessity to work through trauma is going to be less and less and less and less. And it's just going to be like, yeah. all right, we'll just focus on, you know, shifting the world around you, blah, 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 blah. So mm. that's really cool, man. And, and the last one is, what, what's one tip you would give your old self who's just starting this journey? Trust the process. <laughs> yeah. What does, that, what does that mean? Like, what's the process? Because does your old self know what process is? And he's probably saying like, what the fuck are you on about process? No, it'd be, yeah, it'd be like just just trust the pro, like surrender to what's common. Like it was always, like I always knew when I was kind of like when I was younger and stuff like that. I was like always oh, just like getting frustrated because like, a new stuff needed to happen, but I didn't know what. Mm. It was like just like allowing yourself to know that things will happen when they're meant to happen for yourself mm-hmm. to allow you to get and like it's one of the things that like i love every single part of my life i love every single thing that has happened to me in my life because that is what has made me who i am today mm-hmm. like it's one of the things is i could i could never change i'd never take anything away from myself <laughs> within that because again that has taught me who i am today yeah. and that is what allows me to guide other people through similar processes with themselves fucking earth bro that's been a very common answer man just very mm. grateful for everything that's occurred. Man, yeah. that was a beautiful interview, brother. I appreciate your story. appreciate your expertise. And it's really beautiful to see, you know, the progression and even how long you've been on it. And it's just awesome to see that, you know, mm. you're acknowledging where you're at. Yeah. Still. Yeah, it's been, it's been one hell of a ride, but like, yeah, I was sad. It's, it's that fucking love it, eh? You just, yeah, you just fucking love it. You could get be like, people sometimes... Like sometimes when I'm starting to do work with people, are kind of like, oh fuck, how how long do I have to do this for? How long do I have to start becoming aware of the triggers and becoming aware of this? And it's like, it never stops. Yeah. It never stops. It's like, and the more you do it, the more you get excited about it. The more yeah. You fucking love it. Totally, bro. That's awesome, mm. man. Well, thank you so much for your time, Finn. I really, absolute pleasure. I really am grateful for your time, man. Sorry that I came in a bit late. Um, these these interviews are just like are so fascinating, man. And it's, I can't wait to share your story and and, be, and for you to be a part of this. Awesome, brother! Absolute pleasure. And like it's wicked that you're doing this. Um, like the more men hears these stories, and as you said at the start, it's just to see that every single person has been through their own battles. Every single person has been on their own journey with it. Um, mm. It it makes it a lot more relatable to where we are within ourselves. Totally, brother. Totally. Mm. Thank you to everyone for listening to this. And uh, if you're um, if you are on on this journey, just stay in there, hang in there, and love exactly where you're at. It's all going to be worth it. Thanks, yeah, Finn, brother. Sure. Take care. Awesome, man. Woke man, bring love and just be I got love in my eyes, bro, I can't see I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be Wokeness is taking my old self away Yeah, I put love into me I'm spreading that love, yo, don't you see Grab your cacao and drink it with me Cause wokeness is taking my old self away Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Bring love and just be Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, woke.
wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be 